A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The March Ball. Welcome to the show, which is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan. Hello. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. We're talking ZDS today, hot ZDS chat on the Matchball 30, which, by the way, is a game-by-game journey to take us from our promotion in 1990 all the way through to lifting the league title in 1992. We're doing it in real time, 30 years on from the date of each match. Now, we have skipped a match here, which we're going to refer to in a second, because today is March the 21st, and Everton away in the second leg of the Northern Area Final in the Zenith Data Systems Cup. If you... I go, what is the Zenith Data Systems? Well, let's explain what the Zenith Data Systems Cup is. It was a third cup competition to go alongside the FA Cup and the League Cup, which was called the Rumbelows Cup at this time. And had been called the Littlewood Cup and the Milk Cup. The Milk the- Cup, yes. This, and this was previously known as the Simod Cup and was really the full members cup. And it was all Ken Bates' idea. And it was all to do with the European ban on English clubs after the ISIL disaster is basically where it came from is how do we make money off of football if we can't have European competition and Ken Bates decided that another domestic cup would be the way forward and all the big clubs who were missing out on European uh, competition told him to go bollocks because it sounded rubbish and did their own thing the screen sport super cup which was also absolute nonsense as well Liverpool won the screen sport super cup and a nice detail they won it in a game against Everton at Goodison and during the pitch invasion, um, a Liverpool fan stole the cup from Ian Rush. And it was never seen again. Because <laughs> nobody knew what it looked like. No, apparently, <laughs> for some reason, they got two cups. And one of them, Rush handed it to a fan so he could like celebrate with it for a moment. And he said he put it in his jacket and ran off. And it was never never found. But Bates was convinced. And he had the Ron Nodes, an equally unpleasant um, football chairman for the mid-1980s from Crystal Palace. They were convinced that this was going to work. And they kept it going. Chelsea... Bates' Chelsea won the first one, a thrilling 5-4 final against Manchester City and Chelsea won it again. Tony Dorigo scored the winner against Middlesbrough last year and now we've reached the Northern Area final. We didn't just skip one game here, we actually skipped because there's not a lot of information about these games out there. Wolves won Leeds 2 in the second round and the quarterfinal we beat Derby 2-1 and then a semi-final, a 2-0 win over Manchester City was our route to the Northern Area final two-legged monstrosity. <laughs> it is worth adding, just to just to give you a sense of scale of this competition, that the Wolves and Derby games attracted crowds of around 6,000. I think it was the Man City one. I'll have to double-check and look. But yeah. that was about 11,000 or something, wasn't it? And a potential trip to Wembley here and still 
we can't even half fill Ellen Road. And our um, opponents at Wembley, should we get there, the uh, the Southern Area final was um, Norwich won, Crystal Palace won in the first leg, and then the second leg, Crystal Palace went through with a 2-0 victory, and I have not been able to find any details of who scored the goals in those games. <laughs> Search as I might, but that's who awaits us if we can get past Everton. But um, as we discussed previously, the uh, the difficulties of Everton getting past Barnsley to get to this stage with all their postponements mean that rather than the leisurely one leg a week that uh, Palace and Norwich enjoyed, we're having to play after playing on Sunday against Arsenal. It's now Tuesday and Thursday home and away against Everton with our league match against Crystal Palace to follow on Saturday. So that's games on the 17th, 19th, 21st and 23rd. Got a massive squad to deal with it though. I'm sure there'll be plenty of changes to uh, to keep our players fresh and fit. Four games in six days. That is absolute insanity, isn't it? Well, play them we had to and Ellen Road was the scene of the first leg against Everton uh, with a whopping 13,387 people in attendance. Should have played first goal winner. That would have sorted this out. It would have done well. Um, let's not skip past the lineups because they're all important and give context to the overall state of the campaign and the fitness of the players. Lukic, Sterland, Whitlow, Fairclough and White, Batty, Stracker, McAllister, Andy Williams and then Bobby Davison and Lee Chapman completing the eleven with speed and shot on the bench. And Everton with Neville Southall, Neil McDonald, Eberl, Ratcliffe, Watson, Keown, uh, Vorjika, McCall, Newell, Milligan and Beagree playing in this game. So we've swapped. Andy Williams has come in for Gary Speed and that's it. Whereas Everton have uh, Robert Wozicza is their new Polish superstar that signed for half a million pounds. And, Another uh, communist in the league. And this is his debut, joining QPR's Jan Stechkal. It's the gradual infiltration. But a disappointing debut he had. Look at this, 1-0 up inside a matter of seconds. Wasn't his fault. He was, And he scored. It's collective responsibility. <laughs> Rather than disappointment for Everton, I think this is joy for Leeds. He took this really, really well, did Sterling, to be absolutely fair to him, in what was a very, very busy penalty area following a Gordon Strachan corner, which was, you know, Strachan corner flicked on some sort of head down into a body of players and then Sterling kind of, he almost hooks it with his right toe end, doesn't he? Right into the top corner. He's facing the corner flag when he hits this. So to get it into the top corner, above a man on the line as well, it's very satisfying. And the crucial point is that it was 36 seconds on the clock. At the south stand end, 1-0 up. Wembley is in the air. Can you sniff it? Can you sniff Wembley? Not for long. No. Uh, well, Peter Beagree makes it 1-1. 20 minutes into the game. Again, just a bloody nightmare defensive mix-up edge of the area. Where's Lukic going with this? This ends up more or less summing up how this tie goes. The defending on this is just what keeps happening. More or less. It's hard to put the blame on one person, I would say. There's Lukic and Fairclough are both there. Then Lukic does some weird standing over one side of the goal when the actual finish goes in the whole thing's just an absolute mess yeah it's Lukic and Fairclough have collided on the edge of the area so Mike Newell gets the ball passes it to Beagree and while Lukic is covering one side of the goal Whitlow goes and tries to cover the other and uh, Beagree just passes it sort of to the side of them not really a problem nobody was going to be able to stop and then goes and runs off and does a somersault like a tash-faced bastard <laughs> it's funny to think that he's done that because I've uh, I've said in more recent times he was playing for the Harrogate Veterans my mate plays for them as well, so he's kind of their uh, their ex-pro sort of linchpin in midfield. He's um, still doing the somersaults? He's not. Doing... Still got the tash? No. Is he still upset about Westwood being pushed over? Yes. And then we go 2-1 down on the half-hour mark. Uh, more 
less than adequate defending for this one as Vojica makes it 2-1. Are you blaming Whitlow for this one, Moscow? Or is it Chris White's fault entirely? Chris White is, uh, I mean, Whitlow's got this all under control. It's a long Southall clearance. I don't know why Chris White is getting involved. Flicked on by Mike Newell, though, and then White terribly gets in Mike Whitlow's way. Poor Mike, eh? Uh, ball does drop to Vajika, who scores on his debut. Nice debut for him then, after 31 minutes being 2-1. After you dismissed him in the opening minute for so not, I not went, stopping a corner. I went hard in the opening 36 seconds, and now I'm regretting my choices. And it's another frustrating finish, because it kind of goes under Lukic, and Lukic is falling on it, and does kind of get his body on it, but can't stop it going in the net. So It feels like Lukic could have stopped this. Hmm. But oh well, still plenty of game to go. Doesn't matter. A few more minutes, 2-2. Chappie scores, doesn't he? It's a thriller. The 13,000 people who've turned up. It's a weird atmosphere in this game, isn't it, actually? When the goals go in, you can sort of tell people aren't that bothered. Like, there's not much intensity as they're in the celebrations for it. It's kind of, hey, it's got a bit of a pre-season noise to it as well, this one. I mean, I went to this. I mean, I can't remember it for love nor money, but the pictures of the South Stand being completely empty and closed probably tell their own story, don't they? But it's a Chapman, a classic Chapman goal, a Strachan corner flicked on, Davison going for it in the scramble and the ball pops up again and uh, Chapman is just, it's a big strong header, just jumps above everybody else and heads the ball in. Chapman doing Chapman things. Celebrating in front of the empty south stand, never mind. And then it's 3-2, another five minutes later. 43 on the watch and Milligan makes it 3-2 to Everton. Bloody Vorjika having a right debut, look at him go here. Quick isn't he? Yeah, very, very speedy. Yeah. And plus our offside trap isn't particularly good. But this is again it's kind of a crap goal again, is that he pulled back to Newell, but he hits it that badly that Lukic has misanticipated where it is going, and then it just drops back to Milligan, who also mishits it, but somehow straight into the top corner of the goal. Just fuck off. <laughs> I've no idea how he managed to put this in, because you, you do see the angle that he... It's almost like he's missing a golf shot, isn't it? And it's it's flying away towards the bunker somewhere, but it nestles in the top corner. Yeah, if, you, if you're six yards out and you've got effectively an open goal and you're putting it in the stanchion, you're nearly missing it. That's that's what's happening here. He's absolutely battered it and it's it's very close to going in the cop. But it's not our look. It's not our night defensively. But 3-2 down at um, half time. We should add away goals don't count for anything in this. So it's a straight shootout in that respect. But we need something in the second half. And uh, Chapman gave us it. Well, the second half goes for a whole, what, 25, 26 minutes before something exciting happens, which was uh, Lee Chapman. Well, Plenty of excitement in the ZDS Cup. We all know that. That goes without saying. So I take that back. Until we got another goal. More goal action. And this one's a proper goal. This is the best goal of the night. It's a Whitlow cross. It's a Chapman. (laughs) Give him his full name. Sir Michael Whitlow. No, it's, as the commentator says on this footage. Oh, Mark Whitlow, Mark Whitlow. Yes, we've got Elton Wellsby on the highlights after Davison Strachan chips the ball to the byline and Davison just keeps it in after... Chasing it down, and as Elton Welby, Wellsby says, Elton, so I'm getting his name wrong, was he's getting other names wrong. A great cross from Mark Whitlow. It is a great cross. And it's, it's the standard Chapman header. We score this goal over and over again. Three all then. What did Wilco make of the first leg? He's not a happy man. He's not happy with the defending. So their goals were three gifts. Three absolute stumers. So he's at least pulling some English language. Well, since I had to Google stumers, it's a um, it's a fraud or a sham, especially a forged check. <laughs> <laughs> or a bad one at like that, a failure, a dud, a washout. The, uh, an example given by Merriam Webster for usage is a horse that loses a race, usually through fixing. So three absolute stumers. You're disappointed, says Wilkinson, if you get one of those in six or eight weeks. But if you get three in one game, it's unbelievable. 
You'd normally expect to be saying it's a case of good night, Vienna. But we've finished up 3-3 and deservedly so. And I love this next line. This is very Wilkinson. I think that says something for our character, something for our stupidity, and something for our chances tomorrow night. Yeah, we were um, stupid, but we did well to come back and uh, equalise. And Sterling, after opening the scoring, says his fingers are tightly crossed. We, um, we've never lost a game when Sterling has scored. 11 goals he scored for Leeds, and all 11 times we have either won or drawn. So that's um, he's hoping to get another one at Goodison and keep up that record. To Goodison then, two days later for the second leg, and the imagination of the Merseyside public really captured us. 12,603 people turn up for this with Everton putting out the same side as before so they're not going to be tired we make one change Carl Schutt coming in for Bobby Davison who drops to the bench and you say there's not a lot of interest this is live on Sky One Matt Lorenzo in the studio with his match analyst David Pleat and then commentary Peter Brackley with Ron Atkinson it's a big big night Matt Lorenzo was he sitting in a benzo no sitting in the studio (laughs) right just making sure very cheap looking studio that yeah it's got real MDF vibes about it as this it's kind of it, before changing rooms wasn't it this but it had, yeah, it's got that sort of a feel to it there's none of the glitz of uh of big screens everywhere and there's no virtual reality blooming no, studio it, that looks like a, a space station or something it looks a bit like lutv now truth be told but <laughs> worse yeah sky one is a long way from the premier league at this point it's um and it's quite a niche channel i, I would wonder how many people we're actually watching this game with their subscriptions and their satellite dishes. I'm not, I don't think they're going to catch on. My mum doesn't want the dish on the house either. She says it looks ugly, so we've not we've not got it yet. And it's not the most exciting game to start with until the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life happens. Well, this was nice because Mel was saying just then, wasn't he? In the wake of the first leg, he wants to score in the second leg. So score he bloody well did. But what a goal this was. You can, you can see in the build-up, okay, it's a free kick, and there's a moment where... Strachan and McAllister are over the ball and they're talking about what to do and Sterling obviously says, I think I'm going to shoot. And Strachan gives him a look of like, and apparently he used to do this quite a lot, looks at Sterling like, oh, come on. It's a bit far. Yeah, you're not. But, oh, but, but yeah. he is. He says, I can kick it hard. Promise you. I don't think I've ever seen anybody kick a football this hard, ever. And I don't think anybody ever has. Peter Lorimer, <laughs> with his 90 mile an hour doing it in, in open play, some of those were absolute thwackers and it's not fair because it's a different weight of ball. Sterland so let's restrict it to nobody has ever done this to a mitre delta better than Melvin Sterland. There is only one other candidate and that is Mel Sterland mm. at Bramall Lane. If that, if you've seen that famous free kick that he did there where he absolutely twatted it in from about 35 yards it's the same free kick. I think the difference here is that one was past Simon Tracy who was fucking rubbish. This is past Neville Southall, who has a very strong case for being the best goalkeeper in the world. And he is nowhere near this free kick. And one of the things that strikes me about it, and I, I thought at first maybe the sound is out of sync, but then they replay it at half time and you realise, no, the ball is almost in the net before you hear through the microphones the sound of Sterling kicking it. <laughs> it takes that long for that sound, because sound moves slower than light, for that sound to get to the microphone, through the wires, and then broadcast to the nation. By the time that happens, which we're talking milliseconds, the ball is breaking the back of Neville Southall's net. And Sterland, he just turns away. He's like, yep, arm in the air. Yeah, you like that one? Point to the bench. See that? That was good, wasn't it? It's unbelievable. I mean, the wall does let Southall down a bit, because that Southall can't get to it, because he's he's guarding the other side of his goal, and then 
it goes so fast, there's absolutely no possibility of him getting to it. But if, I think it's Mike Newell who kind of moves out of the way in the wall, if that hits Mike Newell in the head, I think he never plays football again. Yeah, it's a little It'd like... exploded. It's a little like criticising them for getting out of the way out of like a, a Harrier jump jet. <laughs> Why did you move? I would have died. So I had to move. It was coming that hard. And it's so, it's just, the trajectory is, it, it's it's rising, but it kind of flattens out. So it's just perfectly in the it, top it corner. It reaches cruising altitude. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's a fitting goal to take you to Wembley. That's what it is. And, and it does kind of kick the game off. The rest of the half, Everton are playing four three three against us. They've got Newell up front whoa, on his own. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's nineteen ninety one. We don't do four four well, three three. Moscow. What? What's this witchcraft? David Pleat does say that it's a very difficult way to play, and Everton show that. Uh, Fairclough and White are kind of bossing them about. What? Uh, what? Pleat. Pleat at one point calls our defence boorish, which is a strange term to use about a, a back four. And Ron Atkinson's throwing the insults around as well. He described, he says at one point, you'd expect a player of Vozika's quality to be quite capable of beating Whitlow. Nonsense. But it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a grind the first half because Everton haven't really got anything up front. And the most exciting thing after Sterling's free kick is that there's a cat on the field, but with the sky cameras <laughs> don't even show us it. But um, the... The downside of it all is that we really Strachan should have settled it before half time, and that's the that's the big regret. I think perhaps Strachan missed this because his calf was still hanging off his leg after Mike Newell had completely chopped him. It's a it's a red card without a shadow of a doubt these days, isn't it? But he gets a yellow, does Newell? But yeah, it's, was, it's an awful tackle. That was in the first couple of minutes. I'm sure Newell was doing that at Elland Road. He was putting in all sorts of terrible tackles, and they they laughed it off on the commentary. Going, oh well, it's a forwards tackle, and Ron Atkinson decides says, oh. Mike, David Pleat keeps calling him Michael Newell. And then Ron says, oh, well, he wouldn't have deliberately tried to maim the little man. <laughs> Bloody hell. But he, he nearly did. And Strachan nearly puts two up. It was a ball over the top from McAllister. Strachan's playing on the left in this game, isn't he? But Why he, didn't he score, Michael? I don't know. He didn't kick it into the net, did he? He didn't. He hit the post. He was on the wrong side. He, he does open up his body because he's on the wrong side to, to put it in. But then he, he actually goes for the near post and it just, just bounces off it. And, uh, Maybe he just broke through. Then he was thinking, Wembley. Wembley, this is it. This is my chance. He does manage to beat Neville Southall with it, which I think was his big, the reason why he went for the near post, because he's thinking Southall's a big fella and if he tries to go for the far post, he'll dive and he'll catch it. So he gets the ball past the best goalkeeper in the world. And we shouldn't underrate uh, McAllister's pass. All the game is kind of on the right-hand side and it bounces. And then for some reason, there is nobody on the left-hand side of the pitch. So McAllister just lofts the ball kind of forwards and uh, and over to the left wing where Strachan is running through on it and it's such a good chance. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Half time then, and changes afoot for uh, for Everton. They go to 4-4-2. Thank God for that. This 4-3-3 was doing my head in. Tony Cotty comes on as well, and this switches it into a different feeling game. It turns into a proper semi-final. The, the second half of this game got really, the, I think they used the word absorbing in the commentary, and it was you, it was kind of end-to-end. Chapman had a goal disallowed at the start from another. It's a brilliant Whitlow cross again. The ball's headed down and Chapman puts it in, but he's, he's offside. Everton bring on Pat Nevin instead of Beagree, who's gone off to comb his moustache. And they keep, they're playing very long, and it's very frenetic and very frantic. And you do wonder, you're, you're constantly wondering where it's going to go. There's chances all over the place. It's tension, there's excitement, it's high tempo, it's fast. It's just a little bit annoying that Everton score in the middle of it all. Well, so, well, Chapman should have had it at 3 0 um, after Strachan should have had it at 2 0. And then Andy Williams should have had it at bloody 4 0. So we came really, really close despite Everton scoring after 75 minutes. We were oh, 15 minutes from Wembley. Andy Williams does very well until he shoots. He bursts through the middle nicely, but then it's... I mean, it is a bad pitch and it is bobbling. When he shows the replay from behind the goal, you do see that it sits up a bit untidily for him and he puts it way over the bar. But it is one of those that it goes over and you think, well, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe we've missed all of our good chances there. We are punished as well because Cotty makes it level. Yeah, 75 minutes and... And it's another shit goal. Like, it's unfair. They shouldn't count. Someone should have just disallowed this because it's... Everyone just seems to get in the way of everyone else and then everyone's laying on the floor as Tony Cotty just taps it into an empty net. Yeah, Newell, it's from a, a big free kick Everton have stuck in the box and Mike Newell, in the midst of all this scrambling, he tries a shot and he hits it so badly that it, it doesn't even get to Lukic and Lukic dives to stop it and if he'd hit it properly, Lukic catches that ball and that's not a problem. But then because it's just sort of, the ball is just lying there, Tony Cotty, he runs a, a long way from the edge of the penalty area, just comes running in and sticks it in the net cheating if you ask me and I know we've got too much sports gambling going on on uh, TV and you know, the advertising is becoming a problem but uh, it's fine when you've got the commentator and the uh, the co-commentator and all that talking about it isn't it I mean this is this is the sort of sports betting that I can get on board with when you get people offering odds within the commentary box kind of going oh well Big Ron's offering I'll give you 3 to one pleaty on this and, it's, not, uh, it's not Ray Winston's face popping up at half time is it Big Ron I mean he, in these days he probably would have his own bookies would Big Ron and he'd be pushing it online but yeah, he's just offering David Pleat 3-1. to one. There's a little bit of needle in it because they're talking about at 1-1 who they think's going to win and uh, David Pleat, they keep bringing him in from the studio, which I think is Sky's innovation. And he says at one point that he's, he thinks Leeds could still go it. So then after he's finished, then Ron Atkinson says, would Dave put his money on Leeds now? Would he? Would he put money on Leeds? And then it, it turns into this whole thing where he gets 3-1, to one, but they never actually agree on an amount. So even as they keep referring to this bet, nobody knows how much it's it's for. It is quite a brave person who would bet on a winner in this game. And it should actually really have been Leeds with the the chances that come between now and uh, full time. It's, it's a ding dong, isn't it, this? The Chapman head is the one. You, you're sort of celebrating that before it's 
clutched out of the way by Southall. He? he scores that goal all the time, does Chapman. It's an incredible save. Bastard. <laughs> but then Lukic does one. Keown has a, a header from a corner and then Lukic tips it over. So I think we're looking at two exceptional goalkeepers, but it's definitely um, Southall's the busier one. That corner came from... It's a, quite an exceptional bit of defending from Melvin Sterling because Pat Nevin... He eases him out of the way, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Pat Nevin, who is the little um, indie pop fan, has broken the offside trap and is sort of scampering towards the goal. Sterland, who isn't a massive fellow, although they keep calling him Big Mel, is about twice the size of Pat Nevin. And it's like he just chases after him, catches up with him and just shoves him. He skillfully manoeuvres him off the ball. He's not far from having two hands on him and just going, push. Yeah, it's a penalty. Uh, it's nowhere near, nowhere near as bad as what um, Varshika does not long after that, though. Goodness, that punching the ball. Not the sort of thing we do over here, is it? It's but- good, though, that. I, I really enjoyed this. You don't often see such an, an unashamed handball. That we're, just, we're just breaking in. He just goes, nope, I'm going to catch this. Instead, he just puts his arm out, stops it, takes his booking, on we go. It's fairly outrageous. But the action is, uh, it's high tempo. There's, It's all leads, really. We're, we're putting Southall under loads of pressure. Schutz has a shot at him. And it's a good save. And then... The very last action of the night, well, not of the nights, but of the of 90, 90 minutes, oh, is, uh, wow. is Whitlow having a shot and uh, Southall with another save. And um, yeah, before the ball is back into play, really, the referee blows up. Which is, you know, great news for the football fan, for the neutral. Bad news for fans of Hitchhiker, because that gets postponed to a later date, Sky announced. And bad news for Leeds United as well. With four games in a week, we did not need extra time. But the um, one of the, the real comments on it, that uh, that gets picked up on is how Leeds look the more energetic it's um, we make a change for extra time speed comes on for McAllister and then in the second half of extra time Davison comes on for shots but it's Everton who look knackered and it's us who look strong and then um, Sterling sort of gets the uh, extra time off to the right start by booting John Eberle in the face which in the face it suggests that we're going to be um, we're up for this he's, he's kind of a, they're both going for a, a high ball and Eberle leans down and Sterling just kicks him in the face but it's fine do you think this next bit is probably the highlight of the whole game i think it's a highlight of peter brackley's life there's a little incident by the um by the touchline as gordon strachan runs to get a a ball I, th- I can't work out if the if this boy on the advertising hoardings tries to lean over and catch the ball it looks like the ball bounces up hits him in the face facial, in the face more face damage and then he falls over the hoarding onto the pitch so when gordon strachan goes over to take the throw in. The first thing he has to do before getting the ball is lift this child back into the arms of his father over the advertising hoarding. And um, yes, and Ron Atkinson comes up with a quip about this that seems to be the, the funniest thing that Peter Brackley has ever heard. Strachan, who's just felt a little boy there. We are back over the sidelines. They're getting a round of applause from the crowd. Ever the sportsman, Gordon Strachan. He's quite happy to see someone smaller than himself in a football match. <laughs> well... He's looking a powerful man here. He's a great run then by Strachan. That was quite the squeal, wasn't it? Was that was that a man made that noise? That was, was it Peter Brackley? It wasn't. A, I, th- I thought that was a whistle or something. Is that Peter Brackley? It's does Peter that? Brackley laughing. Wow. Okay. Strachan's interaction with the crowd is nice throughout this season. He has a bit of a bit of fun, doesn't he? Yeah. There was. You're thinking of when um, the ball went out for a. Did he go for a goal kick or a corner behind Everton's goal? And he he ends up face to face with some Everton fans and just. He obviously says something to them and walks away laughing and they're all laughing. And it's there's nice. A, and earlier in the season, he he shot miles over at one of them and he was kind of making a joke of that. And 
I don't know. It feels like football's a bit a bit more serious than this now. Well, if you remember that footage of Theo Walcott being stretched around the uh, the Tottenham pitch, and they're all he holds the score up to them with its fingers, and there's all these uh, Tottenham fans trying to jump on the pitch, well, <laughs> pretending they're all doing the bouncy bounce thing while Stewart told them back. Strachan would probably do the same. Well, back then, I don't know. It may help here that the the crowd does seem to be mostly school children, so there's maybe not the aggro. Staying up late on a school night, though, aren't they? There with this extra time, but thankfully, it's not going to be going to penalties because, well, well, it's not uh, thankful, really. Yeah, I mean, no, this I was, is a disgrace. I meant for the school children who need to get mm. home and get to sleep. It's a fitting. Well, they should goal. have gone home sad. It's a fitting goal to win it. It's more or less an own goal, isn't it? John Abril shoots. It hits Chris Fairclough. Goes to the opposite side that he was shooting at. Shooting is generous. <sighs> it's Pat Nevin has somehow... What a waste of everyone's time these two games have been. Nevin just about somehow manages to beat Mike Whitlow. It takes a, a great exhibition of skill to finally get past him and then he pulls the ball back. And John Ebrell, who we've discussed before how I could probably have fought him at this point, <laughs> 10 years old as I was, it's just a piss-weak side foot and it's going straight into Lukic's hand until it hits Fairclough and goes in. And it's right on the stroke of half-time and extra time as well, which you didn't get at this point. You don't have the manager coming on for a big chat. You just change ends and carry on. Davison comes on for shut at this point. although um, And then, and then David Pleats has changed his tune. Now that um, Everton are winning, he says the bet's off. What a turncoat. But yeah, I mean, you can't just do that. No. You can't just say, oh, well, it looks like I'll um, lose that bet, so it's off. But at least we're still looking the fresher team out of the two anyway, and Big Ron reckons that we could still win it. but. Yeah, Ron wants to put on another bet with him betting on Leeds now, <laughs> even though we're uh, 2-1 down because Stuart McCall's got hurt and so they're kind of, he's hobbling about because they've made all their substitutions. Everyone's knackered, no one needs this. But Leeds look, Leeds look up for it. Wilkinson, before all this, he said, we want to get to Wembley because it's a reward for our fans and Wembley's a day out, whatever the competition is, and our fans have been magnificent. So if we can get there, we will. And We won't know, will we? Leeds give it absolutely <laughs> everything they've got, even after Tony Cotty scores another horrible goal. This this is the crushing blow. 117 minutes on the clock. You've put your all into it. In two fixtures you ideally didn't want to be playing in this week. And here we are at the very end of the second one, and it's just snatched away at the death. I mean, John Lukic almost saves this. A bit like how he almost saved some of the others. I don't know what more he could have done. And it didn't matter anyway, did it? Essentially, given the given the point of the game we were at, but it's a it's a breakaway goal. The offside trap has failed. The offside trap has failed a few times in this game, actually, which is a bit concerning. We were on our way trying to attack at this point, and I think Speed overruns the ball, and then as he tries to get back, Andy Williams in a kind of a scrambling midfield has fallen over, and he it turns out he's fallen over Gary Speed as they're trying to get back. Speed sort of trips him up, and then Keown just kind of taps the ball forward to Tony Cotty and he's 40 yards from goal, just runs through. Lukic does great. I think stands up all the way and then for a big man gets down to a, a shot that's from very close in and saves it but the ball kind of goes under him and Cotty just puts in an, an empty net. We still try. Chris Fairclough goes up front and um, we, we give it another go but uh, there's nothing nothing to prevent the, uh, the outrageous <laughs> pitch invasion at full time. It's very half-hearted is this pitch invasion. It's very young. Yeah. It's like a little a nursery slope pitch invasion. It's just, <laughs> just, get used to it, kids. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody over 16 on has run onto that pitch. Everyone over 16 is like, it's a DS Cup. It's not. Go on, come back when you're done. Go and have a play on the grass and then well, it's bedtime. Um, you listening, you should be happy because 10 goals in one episode of 
the Matchball 30. Don't say we don't spoil you, because we do. But if only Wembley it was there for us. As Wilkinson says, you know, we went through the Arsenal play, uh, replays. We got to the League Cup semi-final, the Northern Area final here. And he says, in terms of time, we've played, I can't remember if it was, uh, they, they mentioned the stat during the game, so I don't know if it included this one, 18 cup matches this season. And he says, in terms of time, I think we've played enough cup games to have been in three cup finals. Yet at the end of the day, we are in none. Everyone is bitterly disappointed. Everyone is tired. And to be fair, our performances of late have reflected that. And uh, Gordon Strachan highlighted later, he said that he'd been through a lot of semi-finals in the past. He'd won some and lost some, but there were other players. Chris Fairclough apparently was one in particular who in the, the chain rooms afterwards was absolutely gutted that we weren't going to Wembley this season. And although the um, the crowds are low for these matches and, and um, it is a bit of a Mickey Mouse competition Wembley's Wembley and you would have got a big crowd to Wembley best way to get over a defeat though play your next game which we kicks off in about 10 minutes time <laughs> and what a big one it is as well and you will have to join us for that one one of the big showdowns of the season when we face Crystal Palace at Ellen Road on March the 23rd and we'll see you then The Match Ball 